0: Go to shopify.com slash income now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy. Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media, March 5th, on the Best Show Ever podcast.
1: Osiris.
2: Okay, hey everybody. Welcome back. To the latest installment of Thirty Six from the Vault's mini season, I'm Rob, and I'm Steve. Yeah, and we're back for another installment of our mini tour presented by Smart Wool. Smart Wool's rolling out a new series of Grateful Dead apparel. You should check that out. Uh, and they were so kind as to get Steve and I back together because we're men in our forties and we wouldn't talk to each other unless somebody came along and <laughs> sponsored our podcast. So. Catching up on all the exciting things that happened in the Jam Band world since we ended the original run of 36 from the vaults. And uh, Steve, your next pick was a uh, momentous occasion in the Jam Band world. Set shockwaves well, yeah, throughout the jam scene.
1: Well, this is my first
2: pick. You had, the, you
1: had the pick last week. You did the Philco show, and that was a big event in uh, the Jam world of the last several months. Another big moment, I, I guess this occurred during our season. We talked about it a little, but we didn't really go in depth. It is the Goose Concert from Radio City Music Hall on June 25th, 2022, featuring the one and only Trey Anastasio. Now, I'm excited to talk about this because the most controversial episode of 36 from the Vault, I I would say hands down, was our curveball on fish. Uh, Some of you love fish. Some of you hate fish. And it was fun to talk about fish and have people argue, have people curse us uh, for talking about them, have other people be happy that we're talking about them. And it was like, for this mini season, how can we return to this polarization? How can we irritate the people out there who were mad about the fish show? Well, why don't we talk about fish and goose? (laughs) Because... Not only will this irritate some Grateful Dead people out there, it may irritate a lot of fish people who also like the Grateful Dead. Very polarizing band, uh, Goose, um, because they're the rising jam band on the scene right now. I wrote an article this year called calling them the next great American jam band, which everyone agreed with okay. me, by the way. I was, I was shocked. No disagreement on that <laughs> at all. 100% unanimous. I'm joking, of course. There were people who were like, what about Billy Strings? And I was like, Billy Strings is cool. Yeah. He's technically a solo artist. I know he has a band, right. but just from a pure sort of pedantic nomenclature yeah. Can you
2: be a jam solo artist? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, you know,
1: he's obviously a big star. Yeah. No, no, you know, no no, slight to Billy Strings. He's, he's a phenomenon. I have to say that for me personally, Jamgrass, not a huge fan. I, I, and Billy Strings in general... Hasn't connected with me yet. No disrespect. I'm sure it's on me. I hope to get on board eventually, but you know, just the jam grass thing. I'm not a huge
2: fan of, I do you get into jam grass? No. Not that interested. Yeah. No. I've, I've I've given yeah, Billy not- strings a try. We're going to talk about me giving goose a try. Um, I don't know. It's fine. I got no beef with it. Not in a rush to go see it. Sorry, Billy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I And I, I, I hope I get on board because it seems like a great show. seems like a lot of fun. I always like enjoying things. But anyway, <laughs> let's put that aside. We're not talking about Billy Strings. Yeah. We're talking about Goose and, 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 and Trey Anastasio. And this was a big moment of the jam world of 2022. Maybe even a big moment historically. We'll see how things unfold. It seems right now that Goose is on their way to being the next arena-level band. They're not there yet. They're playing multiple nights at Radio City Music Hall. They've played sold-out shows at Red Rocks. They're on that level at the moment. It seems like playing MSG would be the next step in New York from Radio City. Is there a step in between uh, Radio City and MSG? I wouldn't MSG? think so,
2: no. I think you're, you're pretty much uh, maybe the Barclays Center. Is the Barclays smaller than MSG? <laughs> Not, I don't think, by any, like, substantial like way. I mean, it would
1: be just instead of playing two nights at Radio City, maybe next time you play three or four. And then at that point, it's like, okay, now now we go to MSG. They're on that path. So, you know, barring, I don't know what would happen. Maybe they're going to plateau at some point, or there's a drug overdose, or uh, someone pulls a hamstring.
2: (laughs) There's uh, another pandemic.
1: There's another (laughs) pandemic, or... Someone in the band pulls a Kyrie Irving and starts <laughs> tweeting out anti-Semitic well, documentaries. Then they can play at the Barclays Center. S- It'd be perfect. <laughs> yeah. Suspended by the Jam Band Federation. <laughs> the Jam Band Commissioner. Uh, Are we
2: the Jam Band Commissioners? We might be.
1: <laughs> oh, uh, I wouldn't want that job. That, that's an impossible job. That, that's Steve Silverman. Hmm. Well, let's nominate him. He's, he's sure. a respected elder of the scene. Maybe David Lemieux. Those two can fight it out. Um, but yeah, this was a big moment. Trey shows up at this show. This is a big show. They played three sets. Yeah, one acoustic, one sort of semi-normal. Father John Misty shows up right. during the second set. I got that's a big I got a deal. Co-
2: lots of questions,
1: but keep going. Okay, but just me, and, then, and then Trey shows up for the third hmm. set, and then that's like the Trey set. So, and you got people online talking about passing the torch. That's a big meme. Yeah. I'm sure there's people out there who, who are muting
0: Pass <laughs> the, the <word> torch. Torch.
1: <laughs> um, torch or passing the torch. They're muting that because they can't stand this conversation. Other people are excited. Um,
2: now Trey is touring with Goose. Talk...
1: Tab Goose tour is yeah, exactly. about to happen
2: as we're recording. Yeah.
1: Yeah. This month, November, uh, Trey and Goose touring together. Trey's solo band, right. Tab, right. is touring with Goose. Big deal. They're playing arenas basically on the East Coast. And I don't think either one of those acts could play arenas on their own. Not even, I don't think Trey on his own could play an Small arena.
2: arenas maybe, but yeah.
1: I'm, but those two together, it elevates, mm-hmm. certainly elevates Goose. But I mean, because Goose is playing smaller arenas now, because they're from Connecticut. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the jam band stronghold there on the East Coast, so Goose can do that over there and, and, and tab together. Um, we're going to focus specifically on the song Hunger Sight here, because that is the most dramatic moment of the show, but I'm just curious, you know, you, I don't want to put words in your mouth. I would describe you as a goose agnostic at the yeah. moment. You're, you you're not a hater. You're not a fan. You're sort of like, okay, where is this going? Am I going to like this eventually? I, th-
2: I think, uh, like, where are you goose at? Goose curious is probably the term, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm dabbling.
1: Goose curious, goose <laughs> agnostic. Yeah. yeah. You're, um,
2: you're, you're Goose, Goose Switzerland. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I've been trying because, like, part of me is like, I can see how much fun people are having getting into Goose. And I want in on that party. It's the kind of thing where, like, you know, it's, it's a distant, distant memory now, but, you know, the first year of learning about fish and getting into fish and getting the tapes and just absorbing that band was so exciting in the mid-90s. And it's really fun to see, you know, a, a younger generation have that happen with Goose and able to see them as they're growing, like seeing them move up the venue chain, like you're talking about, uh, must just be so much fun. And so I really want to get into it and participate in that fun. But I just haven't really, like, found my way in. Um, but since we stopped recording, the interesting thing I found, and this is going to shock you, Steve, the, my in to Goose, and it's still kind of in progress. I wouldn't say it's happened yet, but I think it is going to be through their studio album. The new one. Oh. Which I yeah. have listened to more than I would have expected. I gave it a listen because I think you and I think I I read the Pitchfork review, which was relatively positive. I saw some chatter that the album was actually good. Some people talking online about Dripfield, it's called, right? Uh, Being a good listen and that they did a really nice job with this album. So I put it on just out of curiosity, and I've actually spun it, you know, a fair number of times. Certainly more than I've listened to, like, a single Goose show. Because I kept listening to Goose shows and not really kind of bouncing off of it, not really finding anything to latch onto, but I actually, I think I really like the album, which is like, as you know, totally opposite to my perspective on Fish and to some extent, The Grateful Dead, which is like the studio albums, you don't need them. (laughs) like You can totally engage with the band through their live shows, and the studio albums are like, you know, artifacts that aren't that important or that relevant. But um, yeah, I don't know if you have insight on this, but Goose seems to be a, a, a pretty good studio band, and it has helped me start enjoying their material more, their songs more like the song we're talking about today, hunger site, I think sounds great on that record.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I know when I interviewed goose for my feature that ran earlier, earlier this year, I, you know, I asked them about studio albums versus live and how, what, what are their expectations that fans are even going to care about their studio records. And, and Rick, who's the lead singer and guitar player and, main songwriter he was very upfront about how he takes the studio very seriously and that he likes recording at least as much as he likes playing live so it does seem like something that you know they're not just going in, in the studio and, and, and replicating their live show that there is something about uh, recreating uh, uh, you know doing something separate on record from what they do live and uh I'm gonna get this wrong I should have had this Ready to go Like the the guy who produced Their record Has done indie rock stuff Like he's done like The last bunch of Like Craig Finn records I think That like uh, Like Joe Russo Is involved in that It's like this Upstate New York Dude who like Does a lot of Kind of like Folksy Rootsy type mm-hmm. records okay. And And um, You you can I think Hear that on On Dripfield I also think Rick And um, Peter Who's the Mustachioed sidekick in the band, the other guitar player and keyboardist. He's like the George Harrison of the band. He writes some songs, but not as much right. as Rick. I think they're both good songwriters, um, like good pop rock tunesmiths, right. uh, where the songs do work if they're just four minutes that, long. They don't need to be 20
2: That's minutes. the thing I think I was missing by listening to the shows first, is that, you know, like any jam band that gets lost a little bit, like a song like Hunger Sight is going to go, you know, 15 to 20 minutes, it seems like, most versions I saw. Um, By the end of the jam, I've already forgotten what the actual song sounds like. So, (laughs) being totally unfamiliar with the band. So, in a weird way, just having the songs is now helping me appreciate, you know, what they bring to the table. And the thing is, like, they actually do have, in their songwriting at least, I think maybe less so in their jamming, but definitely in their songwriting, like, a unique approach to being a jam band like they're pulling from influences that you know fish is not or the Grateful Dead is not uh they're bringing some new elements in which is always what you need to be I think to be the next big jam band you have to have your you know you need to be familiar and uh inspired I guess by the jam band ancestors and giants but you also need to introduce something new otherwise it's just you know, another band doing, you know, carbon copies of Shakedown Street every night.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think their strength is that they're not pretending like they live in the 60s, which is what is always a pitfall for a lot of bands like this in the jam and in the indie jam mm-hmm. world, you know, like where I feel like oh, you're trying to recreate the 60s and 70s type scene and you're drawing on the same influences that the Grateful Dead had or, or that Fish mm-hmm. had. And with Goose... It's pretty obvious that they're products of, like, the aughts in 2010s, right. like, indie music of that era, which makes sense because they're guys in their, like, late 20s and early 30s. Uh, so, yeah, Bonnie Vare is going to be an influence. Like, Vampire right. Weekend is going to be they an cover, influence. They uh, cover Arcade uh, Fire
2: in this show. Uh. Yeah, arc, yeah. A pre-cancellation record <laughs> right, fire, just, by the way. I do arcade fire songs. <laughs>
1: um, and you know, Father John Misty is right. an influence, and Father John Misty actually shows up and uh, does. I'm writing a novel from the first Father John Misty record, which Goose had already been. Covering yeah,
2: I didn't realize that they had while. been covering that. I was really baffled by this appearance by Father John Misty, uh, which is also a really funny thing. And we'll get into Hunger Sight next and Trey. But I was trying to think this through: Is Father John Misty actually more famous than Trey? To non jam band people, like I feel like he's a pretty well known guy, uh, and yet in, he- in this show they have this long explanation of like, "Hey, that guy's named Father John Misty. You should go check out his records." Where in right. meantime, <laughs> right. d- they you know when Trey comes out, everybody just you know flips their shit. <laughs> so it's just such right. a weird, yeah. you know, backwards uh, version of like the fame of these two guest stars would be anywhere else.
1: It's definitely a testament to. Um how sheltered in a way maybe the jam band community can be or at least segments of it that you know trey's obviously very famous i understand why people would be excited in this audience to see him but yeah i i thought that too it was funny that people that i think it's peter says yeah this father john misty guy you should listen to him uh and it was clear from the audience reaction that a lot of people had no clue who he was, <laughs> or, or maybe they just didn't care. Uh, but, you know, the thing with him is that uh, it's clear that he's into mm-hmm. it, talking about Father John Misty. And he actually comes back for the encore when they do Tomorrow Never Knows. He plays yeah, drums. Yeah, like he did in the old uh, Fleet Foxes
2: days. Yeah, that's cool.
1: So, so very cool. But uh, obviously the tray coming out been playing a bunch of songs with them that's that's the historic part of this show, and I wanted to focus on Hunger Sight because this is when Trey first comes yeah. out and uh which is I think a pretty electric moment as someone who likes goose just to see the crowd reaction and then when uh Trey goes into his first solo, which is at about the five minute mark, I think it's five oh nine. And you don't get this totally on the uh, soundboard, but if you listen to an odd, the crowd just erupts Mm -hmm. as soon as he starts playing it. And it is a really nice moment. Like Even if you don't like Goose or you're skeptical of Trey, it's pretty heartwarming to see. I think it's cool to see these two different generations interacting and... I want to get your take on this. I, I I put this in the outline, and you said you had an opinion on it. To me, the, there's something very mutually beneficial about mm-hmm. this because obviously, on one hand, it elevates Goose. You know, you have one of the most famous jam band musicians ever, arguably like the greatest living one. Oh, I guess just not counting like the guys in the Grateful Dead, like Weir and Lesh, But outside of that, you have Trey acknowledging these guys but then there is also something about trey associating himself with the with the hot young thing that has a lot of energy to it and being accepted by Mm -hmm. that it did remind me a little of like and i just wrote a book about pearl jam but it reminded me of like neil young and pearl jam i think there was a similar thing there like where neil young gave pearl jam gravitas and pearl jam kicked neil in the ass a little bit or at least exposed him to an, an audience that might not have cared about him otherwise yeah is that an insane comparison well, I think to me that make? last
2: part is the difference and maybe this is just so we've talked about that appearance before also very pivotal in my music development you know young and pearl jam playing together on the mtv awards um but my react when also doing an album together and d- later, doing but- the album yeah um my my reaction to that appearance was why am I wasting my time with Prill Jam? I should be listening to this guy. Because <laughs> I was like, right. I hadn't heard of Neil Young. Like I was, what, that was 94, right? 93, 94? 93. So I was 14 years old and I was like, like holy crap, this old guy is doing like what Prill Jam does, but man, it sounds even better. I'm going to listen to this guy instead. I don't think there was a single person in Radio City Music Hall who was like, this tray, Anastasio, is pretty good. I'm going to check out this fish fan. <laughs> like, I think everybody there is it's already baked in that they're fish fans too, I would say. Because the, the goose fish fan wars or whatever seem pretty one sided. It's pretty much just fish fans looking down on goose fans, not, you know, the other way around. Um, yeah. I, I will say
1: though, and I'm going to choose my words carefully here because I don't want to say something that I regret, but like, we saw fish this summer. Yeah at, Al- at uh, Alpine Valley saw three shows and I was like pretty disappointed by those shows. And I have to say that just new fish in general to me has felt like a little boring and that's partly due to the playing. It's partly due to like the songs that Trey has been writing lately, which are not my bag <laughs> at all. Um, and well, Okay, again, I'm choosing my words carefully here because I because I do feel like I'm enjoying goose right now more than I enjoy fish right now. And with fish, I've become the like a 1.0 or bust person. Basically, the type of fan that annoys me with The Grateful Dead, who only will listen to the 70s. That's what I am with Fish right now. And I'm like Johnny Cash in the in the Hurt music video. Knocking over the wine glass, like, what have I become? Because I don't like yeah. this, that, but that's how I feel. Like, after that, after we saw those fish shows, I was like, ah, I'm kind of down on this. And I had to listen to some 90s fish to get me back excited <clears throat> about the band again. Yeah. And I'm like, so that's why, going back to my analogy, I, I feel like Trey playing with this younger, hungrier band is a good thing for yeah. him. I think he can benefit from I
2: just that. I wish so this appearance came between like the little spring tour fish did and the summer tour. And I wish there was more like something you could point to from the summer tour then and be like, wow, Trey is playing totally different in the same way that like the Fare The Well shows totally changed Trey's, you know, trajectory That's true. as a guitarist. The shows that we saw came right, after Exactly. So maybe it, it, they just needed help. more prolonged exposure <laughs> so, <laughs> and that'll happen this fall. But um, yeah, I don't uh, know. before we move on to the Hunger Site, though, just real quick, um, I'm going to steal this from Osiris media mogul RJB, who on, I believe, an episode of uh, the Helping Friendly Pod uh, compared it to another famous sit-in, uh, which was Neil Young again, sitting in with Fish at Farmade. In 1998, uh, which I think in that case, it's one where it benefits, it benefited Fish more than it benefited Neil Young for him to appear. He gave him, that was definitely like a torch passing, like stamp of approval. Like you should check out these guys because he came out it sort of spontaneously, the story goes and played, you know, a 20 minute long down by the river with Fish um, in front of a group, a, a, a fan base at Tinley Park. Uh, that was not there to see fish. They were there to see Neil and John Mellencamp and Willie Nelson, right? So uh, when RJ made that comparison, I was immediately angry uh, on both sides of that equation, (laughs) like comparing Neil to Trey and comparing fish to goose. Uh, The more I thought about it, the more it seems like the more apt comparison as far as sort of elder statesmen, you know, blessing the younger uh, band and sort of saying, hey, these are guys you should pay attention to. Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media podcast network. Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general
0: psychology of my friends and peers, all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at soundtalentmedia.com.
1: So what did you think about this live version? You were saying before that you've been Digging the studio goose more than the live right. goose. Did adding trade to
2: the equation uh, make you feel different? Yeah, I mean, I I like this jam a lot. Uh, the first time I heard it was before I had spent a lot of time with the album, and it just sounded like jammy noise to me. <laughs> like it kind of went in one ear and went out, out the other. Um, the more I listened to it, though, the more I liked it. And I mean, I gotta, I know maybe this is uh, this is nothing to say nothing bad about Goose. Uh, but Trey, I think is a great guy to have come and sit in with your band because I think a lot of guest star sit-ins, especially if you're a famous guitarist is just, you show up, you rip a solo over the chord progression of the song that you learned five minutes ago, and then you leave, right? Uh, Trey sticks around. He sings with the band. That's something I'm really impressed with, is that he sings on Hunger Sight. He actually takes a verse of the song after that, right? I forget the name of that song. What is that song? Arcadia? Arcadia. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's clearly reading off a teleprompter, but that's okay. That's just modern concerts. <laughs> um, and then Trey, as a- Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, I think him singing is like the big yeah, thing. Yeah, and the crowd he, lo- he, freaks he, out he over he, that too, which I love. I love that
1: crowd. And he doesn't too. need to like, to expect him to like memorize the lyrics right. and then remember them in front he of the You can't even audience, remember his lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, so, yeah. He he totally can use a teleprompter. I, 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 he shouldn't take any right. duff for that at all.
2: But the think. thing that I love about Trey as a guitarist and why he is one of my favorite guitarists of all time is that he is as good of a rhythm guitar player as he is a lead guitar player. And him interacting with Rick through that whole jam, I think, just sounds great because Trey is a very gracious guitar player. So it's not just... Trey came out and played a solo with Goose. Trey came out and like, also lifted up the members of Goose and like, had a musical conversation with Rick, especially on this song. I think I his think sit-in goes a little bit too long. <laughs> like It does. Like, it's like a whole hour, and I'm losing interest by the end, maybe just because I haven't listened to it as much. But I think for this like 20-minute jam, like the interplay between the two of them uh, works really well and sounds great.
1: Yeah. It's hard for me to analyze this purely in musical terms just because I think the gesture that Trey makes is so heartwarming that it just, it makes it hard for me to be objective. I, 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 I just think there's so much generosity of spirit in this performance for the reasons that you were saying as well, that Trey has his moment having a solo, but it seems like he's working with the band as well. Um, and if you watch the video too it, it it's obvious how joyous it this of an occasion this is for Goose although i think at the same time they rise to the occasion as well you can you can tell that uh you know they they're not just fanboys up there you know they are a a consummate band themselves and they can bring this guy in who's great who's a hero but it all makes sense and it sounds really cool so i don't know i i love the moment i just beyond the music, I think it's such a heartwarming performance to mm-hmm. me. That, it, that That's the thing that I really love about it. And, uh, you know, I would love to bring you into the Goose <laughs> fold because I think this would help with the healing in the Jam Band community. I think this can show that Goose is not here to replace Fish, just as Fish was not here to replace the dead, although in a sense they did. But that was a different circumstance yeah. in the moment because Jerry died Trey is alive and well, and he's going to be alive and well for a long time. I think these bands can coexist, and it's, it shows how they can complement each other and work together, and it's, it's
2: a beautiful thing. Well, that brings up a question that I have for you, which is, in a world where Jerry lived, and the only way he would have lived is if he had cleaned up somewhat as well, do you think Jerry would have passed the torch to fish and sat in with fish eventually? Cause Bob and Phil did in 99 and 2000 and you know, they've crossed over a million times since then. Um, but could you see, could you ever have seen Jerry if he had lived playing this sort of like, you know, big brother to the scene role that uh, Trey is currently playing by sitting in with younger bands? I think so. I think, I mean, there's
1: nothing to suggest that uh, he wouldn't have well, done that. I mean, I, I think, think it the, would have been clear that he'd be the man. Jerry you know? was—I like, don't think Jerry any, was not
2: that into sitting in with people, though, is the thing. I mean, he played with Dylan. That one famous show he played with Dylan. I there's are there other <laughs> examples after like I mean, the '70s of Jerry? Jerry just showing up and playing with somebody.
1: Have, it might have been an instance like where members of Fish would show up in the dead set, you know, like where you know. In the sort of like Bruce Hornsby, Brantford Marsalis, you know Whoever, I'm trying to think of other guest stars Like people that just kind of showed up with the dead and played with them for a while I could see maybe something like that Maybe you have been in, or maybe you're bringing in Paige, you know Because you're, uh, you know, you're sick of, because Vince is still in the band in this scenario So maybe you're like, well, oh, let's have a ripping piano player to compliment Vince on a show You know something like that i i feel like probably would have happened i don't know i mean it it seems like it would have been too much of like you know two big elephants together to like not have that mm-hmm. happen mm-hmm.
2: but who knows we'll
1: never know. know it's
2: uh it's a thought experiment that many uh jam band fans have probably <laughs> gone through at some point or another uh i'm just waiting personally for trey to sit in with king gizzard and the lizard wizard because clearly they are the next hot jam band as of this fall i think goose has been uh elbowed out of the side by king gizzard
1: i hear trey was at the red rock show or one of the red rock shows really so he he, he's yeah he's definitely a fan he's talked about loving king gizzard he was hanging out backstage. So, I mean, he just, he just needs the invite. I'm sure he man, would. Man, Trey,
2: it. once his kids went to college, he's just, he's back to going to shows, playing with anybody who will ask. It's a beautiful thing. I love it.
1: Love it. Love it, man. Well, that does it for this episode of 36 from the Vault, our Comfort Listens edition. We'll be back with another Comfort Listen. Next Brought to week. you by Smartwall. Thank
2: you very much, Smartwall.